Before we begin our Torah study, let's pray together. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam asher kidshenu v'mitzvatav etzivanu la'asot b'divrei Torah. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. On Rosh Hashanah, we're declaring that the God of Israel is our king and that he is the king over all the other kings. One of the titles of Messiah reflects this Melech Mashiach, King Messiah. When Yeshua was with his disciples after his execution, burial, and resurrection, they wanted to know when would he vanquish the Roman occupying forces and liberate Israel from the Roman Empire. They were ready for Yeshua to be king in an earthly and governmental sense, another king like other kings. But Yeshua's kingship took another form, and it reflects a unique aspect of God's kingship that is unlike any other king. The Lord is king above all kings. Why don't you say that with me and write it in the comment section. The Lord is king above all kings. He is not king among other kings. He is the king over the king. So this morning, I want to talk about his kingship, and in particular, about him being the king who redeems. The Lord is our redeemer. Twice the prophet Isaiah speaks of this, Isaiah 47, verse 4. You can put that in the comment section on Facebook Live, Isaiah 47, verse 4. Our redeemer, the Lord of hosts is his name, is the Holy One of Israel. And then in Isaiah 63, verse 16, we hear prophetically the words of those in the future who come to know the God of Israel and speak directly to him saying this, you are our father. Though Abraham doesn't know us or Israel acknowledge us, you, Lord, are our father, our redeemer from of old is your name. I think that's speaking about Messianic Jews and those from the nations who have been joined together with Messiah, because sometimes we're disavowed by some of the Jewish people who don't yet know Messiah. Well, as believers in Yeshua, the Messiah, we recognize that not only is the Lord our Redeemer, as Isaiah said, not only is Messiah our Redeemer, as much as the Jewish world does expect, but also Messiah is the Lord. And so we could say this, Messiah is the Lord, our Redeemer. So our King, our King Messiah is our Redeemer. On Rosh Hashanah, we do not approach God tentatively, but rather with confidence. That is, we go confidently before his throne if, and this is important, if, we truly believe in Yeshua. And if, this is the second if, if we truly have set our hearts on being faithful disciples of his. Here's how Hebrews 4.16 puts it. Let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And as we approach him with confidence, 
It's not with complacency or smugness or self-righteousness. We ourselves, like everyone else, needs redemption and we cannot redeem ourselves. That's worth underlining. I need a redeemer. I need redemption. You need a redeemer. You need redemption. We cannot redeem ourselves. The psalmist put it this way. It's in Psalm 49, verses 7 through 9. No person can by any means redeem his own brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their life is costly. No payment is ever enough so that they should live on forever and not see decay. This is an interesting passage because it's talking about redemption in terms of eternal life and redemption that has to do with life with God forever. It's not redemption out of physical slavery or, or temporal bondage or financial bondage here in our lifetime, but it's redemption from the power of sin and death that this is speaking about. So here's my translation of the same passage. No one can redeem another person. No one can give to God the ransom for his soul. Because the ransom for a person's soul, the ransom that allows them to live forever and have eternal life with God, this ransom is too costly for one person to pay for another. So what do we do? Here's the answer, and it's found in Messiah Yeshua. Only God can pay that price to redeem a person. That's the key to our redemption. I want to share with you some thoughts from Psalm 18, and here's the background to it. This week, Sandy shared Psalm 18 with some of our family members via text and it, it's sort of in the, the spirit of what we read about in Nehemiah and Ezra about how the Jewish people came together on Rosh Hashanah and they read the word and they listened to the word and they began to make sense of the word. It was explained to them and they took it personally into heart. So it was with that attitude, but also with the desire that one generation would speak to another generation about the faithfulness of God. So Sandy shared Psalm 18. I want to share with you some of the verses from Psalm 18 that uh, she shared. I'll start with verse one. We'll just keep going. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. I cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry came before him even to his ears. And then going to verse 16, he sent from above, he took me, he drew me out of so many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Well, our grandson Jacob read that, and then he texted just a wonderful uh, 
passage and sharing of some thoughts to Sandy and, and also to me and, and others in the, in the uh, text group. Psalm 18, exclamation point, he wrote. That's also really close to 2 Samuel 22. My favorite, he writes, is 2 Samuel 22, verses 32 and 33, which corresponds to Psalm 18, 31, verses 32. You can see the teacher in Jacob. This is his first year teaching math in high school. And here's the quote he wrote. For who is God? but Adonai, and who is a rock but our God? God is my strength and protection. He makes my ways straight. And then Jacob continued with, with these words. I love it. Coupled with verse 21, it's verse 20 in the Psalm. There he's comparing and connecting these two passages. Here's the quote. Adonai rewarded me for my uprightness. He repaid me because my hands were clean, but it goes on to proclaim that my righteousness is not self-sufficient or my doing. This is Jacob's observation, but he, the Lord, is the one who makes me blameless. And Jacob says, I'm far from blameless on my own, but he's made me righteous through the cross of Messiah. What a wonderful exchange between Sandy and Jacob from one generation to another, both proclaiming the goodness of the Lord. Well, these ideas that Jacob and Sandy were sharing are at the foundation of our understanding of what God has done by coming as Yeshua the Messiah. The Lord himself has paid the ransom price because we could never do it ourselves. When we consider the Akedat Yitzhak, Yitzhak, the binding of Isaac, we can take comfort in the insight and the prophetic revelation that Abraham vocalized when he told Isaac that God would provide the sacrifice. The Lord himself has paid the ransom for us. The Lord has become the sacrifice. And in this way, God has become our redeemer as the Hebrew makes explicitly clear, our kinsman redeemer, one of us who paid the price to redeem us from the bondage of sin and death and uh, who has done so much for us and will do even more. And through him, all the tears and the sorrows and the mourning of this present age will be brought to an end. All of the sorrows of death and sin will come to an end. You see, Yeshua came as Lord and Redeemer. He came as Messiah and King. The Lord is the King who redeems. Now, I want to connect this with the shofar of Rosh Hashanah. At Rosh Hashanah, we're commanded to listen to the sound of the shofar and to allow the shofar to stir our hearts and to focus on the kingship of God, on the victory of God, the love of God, the justice of God, the compassion of God, the mercy of God. Psalm 89, 15 puts it like this, happy, happy are the people who know the teruah, the sound of the shofar. They will walk in the light of your presence, O Lord. You can congratulate the people all around you and everywhere who are listening to, to this service and participating in this service. You can be happy because you're hearing the sound of the shofar. There's a midrash in Vayikra, Rabbah 29, that speaks about the triumph of God in a particular way, that his mercy triumphs over justice. And this midrash imagines that the Holy One said to Israel this, just like the shofar 
takes in air on one end and then releases it on the other end, so too will the Lord, will I, the Lord, stand up from the throne of justice and move over to sit on the throne of mercy. And hofech, I love this. In the Hebrew says hofech, it's a form of the word that I love, hafuch, to, to turn upside down, to overturn the trait of justice for you and to turn it into the trait of mercy. And when will this happen? The passage asks in the seventh month during Yom Teruah on Rosh Hashanah for those who examine themselves and want to live faithfully with God. It's the prophetic call in Joel 2, verse 15, it starts this way, blow a shofar in Zion, consecrate a fast, proclaim a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, and let them say, this is an intercessory prayer that should touch all of our hearts. Spare your people, O Lord, and do not make your inheritance a reproach, a byword among the nations. Why should they among the people say, where is their God? And verse 18 says, and then when you do this, when you become an intercessor, the Lord will be zealous for his land and will have pity on his people. That's a theme that Sandy and I were exploring this week, showing mercy to the undeserving. And we were remembering our own times. I hope you remember yours. When we deserved mercy, when we deserved rather judgment, not mercy. When you deserve judgment, not mercy, but God showed you his mercy. His mercy triumphs over justice. As we listen to the sound of the shofar, as we hear the alarm, we recognize that our God is a redeemer. Let's rejoice on this Rosh Hashanah, that we serve a God who redeems us. We serve a Messiah who is the Lord, the God of Israel, the King of kings, the King over all the kings. And he has redeemed us and we live in the victory of redemption. What a great victory God has done for us. Thank you for sharing in the word with me today and with us today. So right now, the Corsians and the Levines want to share with you the blessing of Aaron. And so I want to invite Rabbi Yuri to come up, Rabbi Zanina, and we want to bless you. Here they come. Hey, Shalom, Rabbi. Rabbi Shalom, hey, Rabbi and Sandy. Good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's, yeah, let's stand together as a family. It's not, not all together, but, you know, keep distance. Yeah, six feet distance. Yeah. And let's pray together. And thank you for, for your generous hearts towards the Lord and towards the congregation. It's so beautiful to be in this place and also fellowship with you through internet. This is the very special time, time of presence of the Lord, time of Rosh Hashanah. So let's pray. Yaher Adonai Pana Velecha, Vichu Necha. Isa Adonai Pana Velecha, Veyasem Lecha, Shalom. May the Lord bless you. 
May the Lord keep watch over you, guard and protect you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. Shabbat Shalom. Lashana Tova. Thanks for joining us.